0: This is Space Cat's Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 64, the
1: sure-to-be-scrutinized, 100% definitely 2018 TI Faction Tier List. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt
0: Martins and Hunter Donaldson.
1: that was 2018 was it a good one let's just from the gate i just want to know was it a good one it was a good one for twilight imperium sound
0: of my voice sound like it was yeah okay so matt's
1: voice is gone i'm
0: i'm I'm a bullfrog today
1: can Uh, you say why i don't know why because i'm i know why why because i scream so yeah because you scream so much because you (laughs) said because you yell so loud when you play the games (laughs) because this is actually your punishment for sitting out of the crazy game that people still haven't Pe- people uh, haven't gotten scarlet. to see yet, but uh, the there was a crazy game for the Christmas spectacular, which you heard about last week, yep. um, and you were not in it, uh, and so I think this is uh, this is what what's God in Twilight Imperium? Dane's curse. <laughs>
0: Dane's curse is punishing my voice. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be a weird episode today because I sound terrible, but we're gonna do. You it sound anyways.
1: really bad. I know, I'm you sound sorry. like you're coming to us from a garbage can. <laughs>
0: Oscar the Grouch. This
1: uh, is this going to be the last one for a while with us in the same room. We are in the same room. We're in the same room. We're united, boys.
0: Yeah, this will be the last. One
1: we out. might get another one in in
0: the can before we uh, before maybe. I go. If you want to record before you leave, maybe that's a discussion for off mic. <laughs> right.
1: Um. So, what? Uh. What? What? How was
0: 2018? How was I? That? Thought 2018 was great for we went, for Ti. For Ti, we went to Gen Con. Gen Con had a great tournament for TI, mm-hmm. there were a bunch of other tournaments that we got to hear about around the country, there was a cool one in Seattle I know New York has a really cool league there's a league in Texas like Austin there are like lots of big groups of mm-hmm. TI and they're getting bigger it Yeah. Seems like
1: Yeah, Um, and also our tournament is, so the next time you hear from us, our tournament will have begun. The first game will have been played, which is super exciting because what that means is that this has all been perfectly timed to where 2018 is over. Now we're beginning a new arc of the the show. It's the tournament arc. The arc is go. Right. And that's going to be great. It's going to be really fun. That's I, I would expect every single episode of the show for the next like two or three months yeah. uh, to have at least some form of recap of yeah. the uh, tournament games that were played. Uh, remember, we will not be able to broadcast them for fear of cheating. Right. We might be able to broadcast some of them only after the fact.
0: We're going to try to put almost every single one of them online. If we, can, right. if we can make it happen, we will put all of them online. Our good friend Root is going to help us uh, do that. He's going to help us commentate some games. And root will be probably editing some video for us because I'm still not done with the Gen Con video. However, right. that's that is coming along as well. So I'll, I'll throw that up there. Yeah. So We're about us to record being in the this- commentary track, right? Like the last thing we do before Hunter leaves, and that's like kind of one of the last pieces of the puzzle for getting this thing done. So. Right.
1: So you, yeah, you guys will finally see a tournament video from so long ago but what like once we get that to you it'll be like well we've got way more tournament yeah, yeah. style material and, for and you and root's
0: going to do little like mashups maybe i mean we're, we're going to see how it goes we're going to kind of experiment i think in this first in the prelims but like he's, you know he's got ideas of him wanting to do little 5 minute just recaps or, mm-hmm. or highlight reels of different funny things that happen in uh, in games so there there'll be a lot of content um that we're putting out and root is helping us put out and uh i'm i'm very excited for that and Hunter says two to three months. It could be through April. I don't even know. It really depends on how quickly we get all these games scheduled and um, how easy that is to do. It's going okay so far, Um, but there's there's a lot that has to happen still, so we will take it as we as we can.
1: Yeah, there's there's certainly going to be a lot of madness. Um, I also just want to say, just to tease a little without being too specific, and I hope you don't get mad at me, but uh, we already kind of know after the tournament arc right. is done, we know what is after that, and we have already kind of started work on that, and I'm already really excited about yeah, that.
0: I'm jazzed for what 2019 is going to mean. 2019
1: is going to be really crazy for us because I feel like, 2018 was us figuring out, you know, this show and what it is yeah. and what that means and finding all of you. Right. Um. And now we're kind of just going to go buck wild. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you guys we have got noticed. too
0: comfortable. Right. And now we got to <laughs> shake up the recipe
1: right. a little bit. Right. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I would expect, uh, way more content in 2019 than you got in 2018. Yeah. For sure.
0: Probably. Yeah. So um, that all being said, um. Today, to try to keep things brief so that my um, throat doesn't explode, right? Uh, we're gonna do a fun, dumb thing called the sure to be scrutinized one hundred percent, definitely two thousand eighteen Twilight Imperium faction tier list.
1: Now, this is a list, a definitive list. Um, definitive. Definitive. Uh, it's. Can we say de- it one more time. It's definitive. It's definitive. Definitely, me and Matt are doing it. That's the part that's for sure true, <laughs> and it is definitely twenty eighteen, and these are definitely Twilight Imperium factions. Yeah um oh we were gonna we we need to get our theoretical tier list uh, cause up because we want to we want to should we go over that first do we want to sure. go over kind of compare uh where we were at when the game came out yeah the last time we did a tier list which by the way the last time we did a tier list we said we would probably never do one again because there people get pretty upset about tier lists in general right um, and
0: ti just isn't a game where tier lists actually makes sense because it's hard to wait these things but we uh, in episode 6 <laughs> in 2017 uh we we did an uh, a faction tier list that was basically us avoiding even actually doing a tier list we did like a we did a categorization
1: right um the first uh if we if we just want to kind of go over it real quick yeah, so th- so the the top tier was called uh, objective focused And our number one spot was Emirates of Hakan. I don't
0: know if we did these really even in order. Oh, that's true. I think we just kind of like, this is a group. So here's the
1: grouping of four. The top four were Emirates of Hakan, University of Jolnar, L1Z1X, and Nalu. Um, The next tier was called Powerful Abilities. Oh, God, this is already funny to me. Uh, Federation of Soul was in that tier, not the top tier. Can we
0: reiterate as we go through this list? This is before we ever played the game. We had never played. We
1: had never played, and we got so much. That's why it was the theoretical tier list. Right, and we got so much guff for this. So much guff. Let's give
0: ourselves some guff. Continue. Um, So powerful
1: abilities was Federation of Soul, Barony of Letnev, Mentak Coalition, and the Arborec. Wow, some bad calls in there. Um, (laughs) The next tier was called Questionable Strength, um, and that included East Questionable Strategies. Oh, Questionable Strategies, Yeah. Um, Isaral Tribes was in that one, Sardak Nor, Extra Kingdom, Clan of Sar. man. Um, and then we had a special tier that was part of that tier, but also kind of its own tier because remember how stupid we were. Uh, this was called the Yin tier and that just included Yin. Um, cause remember that joke? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next tier was a little bit weird. It only had two, two factions in it and it was called Lack of Versatility and that included the Winu and Embers of Muat kind of still stand by that um the last tier the bottom tier which actually is kind of confusing because it doesn't sound like it's really the bottom tier at all but it was called situational and included gosucreus and necrovirus um so, this year, we're going to do something a little bit different. I think I would expect to hear us do this every year. Um, sure. Because not? as the meta changes, the faction
0: tiers yeah, change. Sure. And, and I hopefully, think. Hopefully, you know, next year or, or maybe, maybe not next year, but the year after that, we might have new factions. So, we'll have to just rewrite everything. Right. We're going to have to get rewritten. Right.
1: Um, and so, the thing about this one that you should keep in mind is that this is 100% definite. Yeah. Um, and me and Matt wrote our own, our, our own competing ones that sure. we're going to reveal to each other. I'm going to be hearing it for the first time from Matt. Matt's going to be hearing it from the first time from me. Um, and what else do I want to say? Oh, so this was, I actually didn't even tell you this, but the, the oh, idea okay. of this was that, that this was the tier list for 2018. So if you want to debate this, that's fine. But 2018 is over. This
0: is done. You so, don't get to argue. Yeah.
1: Like this, this tier <laughs> list is in the past. So if you were to say like, oh, that's not right. I'm like, yeah, it isn't right. It's, it's right 2019. Right 2019. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we're getting out of it. It's like, as we're leaving the door, we're yeah.
0: saying a hundred percent. definitely. Is the I gotta go. <laughs>
1: It was for sure this though this yeah, is what it was oh, for twenty eighteen a
0: hundred percent definitely yeah
1: and uh and you know who knows twenty nineteen will bring uh whole new things you know sure. and and i I suspect on day one I'll feel differently about this, especially once I get all your feedback, and then I'll definitely be like, <laughs> well, the twenty nineteen tier list is already shaping up, I see. <laughs> All right, uh, do we want to start at the bottom? Oh, let's Oh, we need to we have one stupid gimmick uh, that we've thrown in. <laughs> so, um obviously there are 17 factions which would be which is good for like four different tiers of four and then one tier that has one, which is yeah. how we decided to structure it. Yeah. Um, And so it's like what you could do is have the top tier be a tier by itself and you call that shot. Yeah, absolute best. Or you could do an F tier and it'd be absolute worst. But what would be the most difficult one to do? That's right. A B tier with only one faction. (laughs) So for both of our tier lists, we are going to try and call the absolute middle middle of the road (laughs) faction that is... Just medium, yep. just the, just you know, not rare, not well done, <laughs> right in the middle, just kind of a juicy beef. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I've got a juicy beef, let do me we, tell you. Do
1: we want to start at the bottom or the top? We want to start at the bottom, right?
0: I don't know if it matters. Mine is a little bit easier to explain top down, but I will go bottom up. I can make it work bottom up. Well, let's go bottom up, bottom I up. think. So...
1: Bottom up, um, D tier,
0: D tier. This one, this one, we did decide to do in order. So this is from 17 <laughs> to one. There just happened to be tiers arbitrarily. Yeah.
1: So the tier D in the 17th slot. Yes. For me, for Hunter Donaldson. I mean, I think you know. Yeah. You should know. With the storyline yeah. has not changed. Ember Zamuat. With a bullet point, I don't even care that we made a, a a map for the prelims of the tournament that specifically is better for Muat. Right.
0: You still hate them,
1: I still well, that's hate because them because
0: the that tournament hasn't happened yet, right? So Muat isn't good yet in 2019. In 2019, it Muat will all change, be good.
1: <laughs> but now I have to get my I have to kick them while they're down, right? Kick all the eggs out of their basket <laughs> and break all of them,
0: yeah. Muat. Uh, so with explain, a bullet, explain that and, and give me because my 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 list has a bit of a theme that we'll be working right. our way through. Mine
1: has mine is less cohesive, probably, but um because it's based more on feeling and emotion because sure. I'm just more emotional. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, seventeen muat writing the writing the muat uh, first round strategy guide nearly killed me. <laughs> um, and also it's the only faction, it's the only faction that I wrote a strategy guide for that i never won a game as which you know that's just that's kind of a bummer and it makes you feel like maybe your advice isn't even that good which i think it's fine i think it's fine (laughs) to say that maybe that episode isn't that good and that you don't need to take it seriously because it was a lot of pain you know um but yeah i never won as mua even though i played oh four or five no more than that oh yeah it's because i kept i kept pushing myself i kept saying like well i didn't win that time but i'll try something mm-hmm. else and i just kept experimenting and it just never happened i mean i'm gonna say seven games because oh i di- i remember i did four and i was like four should have been enough but i haven't done it and then i remember i just kept making excuses like no i'll just play one more right. and then there was about seven games seven games to play one faction in a row yeah. and not being able to win and every single time i was close um. So, like, imagine, like, basically, my experience with Muat was I was having a good game for Muat and just not seven just points, not enough, eight points, nine points every yeah. single time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, mine, fun. Mine's Winu because it's obvious because Winu is Winu and yeah. But trash can too. I go? Can I go ahead and uh, sure can, dispute you
1: because you won that that stream as Winu? So you at yeah, least but won a That stream
0: had a really ridiculous last round shenanigan because of the audience. That, like that. That stream was an audience agenda stream.
1: Oh, was it? That yeah, one?
0: Yeah, because that's the one where uh uh our necro player, John, had his action hand action card hand taken away. Oh yeah. I think it was that game. If it wasn't that game, it was the game before where he got publicly executed. Something. I don't know. There, yeah. there was just a lot of shenanigans and and yeah, I mean it was Yeah. It was an uh, kind of an arbitrary win. Right. Right. Now, winnu in four player and three player is a whole different thing, but if I'm talking six player games, A three-resource home system with one carrier and two infantry and no game plan except for you have to stretch yourself thin to take Mechatol and then get gutted. It's just bad. Yeah, it's upsetting. Uh, The the theme, I I, I hinted at this, the theme of my uh, tier list ended up being I, I wrote everything out and then realized this was how I feel about factions. The more you need the meta to shift in your favor... The worse the faction. Like the more you just sure. lean on I I need them, I need them to give me a break mm-hmm. to be able to do anything. And vice versa, as we get into the upper ones, it'll be the more that you just shift the meta by existing. Like right. Being on the board, but everyone has to deal with you now. I agree. That 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 is kind of how mine is structured. So Winu, I think, needs the most from the table to be able to achieve anything.
1: I feel like mine doesn't quite obey that, but it kind of has, the theme of mine, I would say, has to just do with uh, certainty versus uncertainty. Yeah. And I would say for my D tier, basically the certainty in it is that you're going to have a rough go of it. Right. That's yeah. the whole... It is certain. They it's meet, certainly they meet in the
0: middle. You have certainly going to do well and certainly going to do bad. Okay. So what's your second? What's my sixteen? 16?
1: And actually, it's good that I'm bringing this up now because my sixteen is Winu, right? And, my 16 and I'll just is use, Muot. yeah. Okay. So I'll just use all of the logic you just used for right. Winu. I'll just sub that in. And uh, but what, so so let's hear you talk a little bit about Muat though, because I just went personal on Muat.
0: Sure. Well, it's because of this. It's the same. Muat relies on having a friend help them out. Any yeah. faction that's like, I need a buddy, so to to even survive, mm-hmm. that that's a problem for the faction, right? There are plenty of factions where it's like, if I get a buddy, I'm gonna do great. Muat doesn't do great if they have one person on their side. Muat gets to status quo if right. they have someone helping them, out. Right. right? And that's the only thing that that saves them in my book.
1: You know what's something I've, interesting I've noticed about the difference between Winu and Muat is that um, we we dunk on both both of those factions plenty, sure. and it feels like there is an outspoken, like kind of sleeper cell, splinter cell, uh, like group in our base of listeners that are very pro Muat and they are, yeah.
0: they're trying to push their agenda. Well, cause here's the thing. And this is, this is probably why Winu is also at the bottom of mine is at least Muat is cool. Right, Muad is At least cool. you get a war, son. It is Winnu, cool. you get nothing. Yes. Yeah, Winu, you have nothing. That's what, have what I was going to point out. strategy.
1: There is not, as far as I can tell, and I'm sure somebody will pipe up now, and I'm glad that I've created, I've sparked your rebellion or whatever, <laughs> but uh, I have not noticed that much of a big Winnu like insurgency, sure. a group of people that are just like, no, Winnu, Winu, Winu, I think
0: there are people that dig Winnu, but they're all people that play four-player games regularly.
1: Well, sure, and that's completely different. Right. Oh,
0: yeah. Did I mention this is a six-player
1: faction tier list? Um, because four player, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> Hunter got, I'm sorry. I <laughs> got grief for being elitist about four. Players. I did,
1: I, and actually, I got kind of hurt by it. Like, I got to be honest, <laughs> kind of. It was one of those erratas that, like, actually did kind of hurt my heart a little bit. Because uh, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I didn't
0: mean to. Well, yeah. Let's say that real quick because we're on the topic. It's not that we don't think you should never play four player games. It's just like, oh man, if you can get a six player game together, though, it is. Well and also so much better to
1: think about think about where we're coming from a little bit because I would say we are very heavily invested in six player right. and that we have spent so much time thinking about six player. Maybe we shouldn't have even done a four player episode. We should have just been like, well, we've only dabbled in that. So but but we did okay, well, all right. We also in that episode were like, we don't really play a lot of four player. I didn't yeah. I I didn't play it at all. So this is a weird tangent. Yeah. Let's well, do number let's, fifteen. <laughs> yeah, number fifteen. Uh actually it's your turn.
0: Uh I this is where I think things get controversial, but I'm I'm curious where you're going to stand. Mm-hmm. I put the Arborek as oh, number fifteen. I ouch. put them in the dumpster. You um, meanie. Yeah, I uh, I think that their start is so bad, and, and again, this leans on the they need help. They Lots need round one. They right. need round one to go perfect for them. That's true. So I, I I had number fifteen and number fourteen, which we'll get to in kind of. You know they were they were both competing for who was going to be worse, and in my mind, Arborek is worse just because that first round is is no laughing matter. I mean, you really yes, you can still snowball later and have a great end game, but there's just you 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 can get crushed, and we see it so often too, especially in the tabletop simulator community where they're like really ruthless Mm -hmm. um, about eliminating players. It's pretty normal to just gut an Arborek right away because it's so easy to do it. So you might as well
1: right. Uh yeah, I mean I uh I mean I don't want to give away where Arborek is placed on my tier list, but uh, I don't disagree with you by a lot. I disagree with you by a little, right? Um, because I just feel like if you can get like their rough start can sometimes amount to just the strategy card pick. If they get the right strategy yeah. card, it's not going to be the worst game for them. No. But it does. It, it is a bummer that so much is dependent on that. Right. And they don't have a lot to bargain with is the other problem. Yeah. They have things to bargain with that are so detrimental to them, like stymie. I don't know. I feel like I would like another go on Arborek in general. Yeah. Um. Just because I love... I, and, and you know what? I'm willing to say that this is probably just like a soft spot I have in my heart for Arborek. Right. Because I just love the ability. I just well, love it. Well, you know it. what?
0: You... you- I've seen you do better with Arborek than I see most people do as Arborek, so I don't know if you're. I, I don't pay attention to you enough in the first round, but maybe mm-hmm. I don't know if it's you, um, just getting the meta right in the first round, or if it's just that I don't know. New, maybe more often I see newer players trying Arborek, and like you just can't afford to burn that first round.
1: I mean, I think if you're picking second to last or last as Arborek first round, I mean, I, that might be n- that this. might be enough. For it to just not work out for you. Yeah. Um, Because then you're having a slow second round. Right. And that's really rough.
0: What's your number 15?
1: My number 15 uh, is
0: Sardak Noor. I feel like those are the three routinely bottom three. Right. With uh, with Sardak being clearly the best, I feel like. Right. And that's why I wanted to make a statement because I really do think Arborek has some serious issues. And for me... So I'll reveal my, I'll, while you're talking about Sardak, I want to reveal that my number, my, my next one, my number 14 is Sardak. So I right. put Sardak just above Arborek. Mm-hmm. And to, to go on my point before Hunter t- talks about his pick for Sardak, I just want to say for Sardak, the problem is the tech thing, right? And right. you start behind. But if tech objectives don't come out, that doesn't end up amounting to anything extreme. I agree. And that's why I think that, they're, that they have a great start. And if, if those objectives aren't a big deal, then they're going to have an okay game. You can even get away with there being one stage one tech objective. Mm-hmm. E- even even both the stage ones. Now, if a stage two tech objective comes out, things can get a little bit scarier. But in general, I don't think it's that hard to deal with the tech objectives in Sardauk compared to that first round as Ardura.
1: Also, I still think that they're... And I wish more players felt the same way. I still think their pro- they're racial promissory, Teclar, Legion, whatever thingy, yeah, so good. Yeah, I love it, it so much. Uh, and I just wish... That people are more down to uh, to buy it yeah. because I feel like I mean, just I feel like it's something that other that if other players saw the usefulness in it, first right. of all, it would help Sardax start by a lot yeah. because they have a bargaining chip. They have something that they that encourages you to it's not even necessarily that people are gonna buy it off of you early game, but the idea would be hey, I'm a three commodity race, I realize I'm not in the running, you trade with me, you also get this promise right yeah. now. Do it. And I, then, think, so. I, need I the think money.
0: Like, the the easiest example of it is I feel like it's worth a research agreement from Jolnar. I think so, too. Give them a plus one in a ground combat it's, where Jolnar really needs it. Yeah. They really need to be brought up to equal footing with somebody else. Give them that plus one, and you can get a tech. Guess what? Now you're both on level playing field right. for, like, a round.
1: Right. Yeah, and then we won't see Jolnar lose even though they outnumbered right. the, the invasion. Right. Um, yeah, I think that that is very true. I think Sardak is... Of all the of all the factions we've talked about thus far, I feel the same way about Arborek, but less so. I actually feel like Sardak has a chance to where in 2019, I think we could see Sardak bump up a little bit yeah. because I think if the meta starts like what, what we just talked about right now, that's kind of a meta thing. Yeah, that's basically the table doesn't see the value mm-hmm. in it. But there have been so many games I have played where the problem is uh, I need to do an invasion. Uh, and I don't have enough ground forces get there. And if I just had one little bump, just right. a little boost, right. it would mean everything. Um, and I think there's a lot of factions in particular where that's always going to be an issue. There's yeah. so many factions that aren't really that like I'm thinking about Barony. Jolnar is definitely the easiest example. But there are lots of factions that aren't really inclined towards infantry. Right. But you always need them. Like every yeah, faction yeah. has to have them. Even if like Barony doesn't really care, right. they're going to need it. Um, so yeah, I think I think that one could shift a Can little I bit. Can I
0: make a weird prediction? Yeah, whenever we see some expansion, so the the Ti3 expansions all geared more towards more combat. Mm-hmm. Ti3 base game was like almost no reason to attack anyone ever, and each expansion kind of upped the ante on like what objectives are going to more throw hostile, you out. more more. And aggressive. Ti4 started fairly hostile, but you still see some people even argue uh, that it, that's pretty timid. Um, I think if an expansion comes out, if at the very least it has more objectives in it, Sardak is going to be the most improved faction. By that, expansion. I think I, that's I so think true. I think Sardak Nor will see the biggest jump in tier lists yeah. with an expansion.
1: It doesn't even matter really what the new objectives would be. It's just the fact that there are more of them, and so therefore tech is less likely to right. come out uh, in that first. The, that helps yeah. Sardak a lot. I think that's a really good point. Um, I think that's a huge deal. All right, so let's get to what's number, number 14.
0: Because I said, I revealed mine as starting. Yeah, X, so yeah. what's your? What's so your match?
1: mine, uh, this one is the one that pains me the most, uh, yeah. but I am ready to admit it. Uh, but I fought it for a long time. It's the extra for me. Yeah. And I love them. The problem is that they're one of my favorite factions. Right. But, but they never you made, you, well. you made an argument that I resisted for so long and then eventually was like, I have to cave. Uh, which was that if the objectives do not line up for Arborek, or for extra, they do not have the they don't have any way to like go get stuff. Right. They have like no
0: tools in their arsenal that allow them to go get stuff.
1: right they all of their tools are defensive, which is great if they already have everything they need and if mm-hmm. they don't. And the fact is too, I have not you have so specifically been trying for a mechatol controlled yep. extra thing. And um, I've seen you try to pull it off so many times and it, and it has not worked. I've never even tried to do that. I have just fallen into that because that's the way that the right. that the game worked out. But if you can't set up your um, flagship right next to Mechatol early enough to to grab or to basically contest it, which it just doesn't seem like has been working out really very often at all. And it feels like they kind of have, they have a really good thing they can do, but in the end it's just kind of like, so what?
0: And the big thing is if you decide to block Mechatol with your flagship, it means your flagship isn't protecting your home system. And that's what, in in the main game where I was really going for it, that's what happened to me, is I got Muat jumping on my home system. So the problem with them is, yeah, you feel like you have to do too many things at once just to get the objectives, whereas other factions just like, oh, I have fast ships and I have stuff that gets way everywhere and like I can just do it extra. You have to put so much concerted effort into getting the objective scored. Right. It's it's so hard to deal with. And don't add to that. Their defensive bonuses almost all cost a strategy counter. Yeah. So what you're just swimming in command counters. That's I mean, that's crazy. Like do they, they kind of need to cost the command counter. But they tacked so many things on at once to where it's like there's no way like to use all of your abilities you would need like four command counters and strategy and to be able to still do any secondaries at all.
1: I think we I think there needs to be a, a drastic rethink of Xcha I think what what needs to happen because the problem has a lot to do with their tech path. I think yeah, um, their tech path doesn't have any room for them to strike out and do
0: things. It's really hard to basically. go blue is what I found out. I yes. really wanted to do blue as extra, and even that was kind of... Yeah, why really can't blue-green work? That's right. why I'm, start, I'm starting to lean towards forget nullification field exists. It yes. is a great ability, but yellow isn't doing enough for you, and I would rather get the blue text so that I can actually go accomplish objectives. And like, I don't need nullification field to be defensive. Right. That's been my big like theory yeah
1: yeah and but then at that point it's like what does extra have going for them right. because then you're basically saying well I'm not worried about PDS maybe it's just I don't know I mean now we're just completely theory crafting but I do think I do feel like there is wiggle room with extra just like we were talking about with sardak there is room for the attitude to change and I bet there's somebody out there that already has an extra style or strategy right. that works better than what we've been trying to do, which is essentially double down on what works with them, which is Graviton Laser Systems, PDS, yeah. and the flagship. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel like that's been enough. One of those one of those three components that we just talked about needs to um, essentially go away or be de-emphasized in their strategy, right. and it needs to be replaced with something like infantry. Something good.
0: Or, something, yeah. that just helps. something that
1: just helps. And Fighters. Have, like, a crazy yeah.
0: Blue tech. <laughs> I would love it if as a part of their defense, you you just brought that up. You said fighters, and I think that's brilliant for them. If it's really easy for them to I mean, like, gum up the works, right? Yeah. Like if 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 part of their defensive bonuses that's all I needed in that one game where I got my home system taken. If I had just been able to send a fighter easily out somewhere, mm-hmm. and again, in a normal situation, that cost me a command counter just as much as anything else. So if I had a way to just like poop out fighters or whatever Yeah, I feel like that could be a huge thing that helps extra
1: but now see the problem the problem is that they don't start with plasma scoring so you need you need plasma scoring to get PDS2 Um, so are we just not going to go there because that's two tech we already got to get and then we have to get to fighters after that that's That's so so much that's That's so much that's too much tech that's too much tech Uh, yeah so extra uh, very regrettably very regrettably did not want to put them
0: there so that was D tier mine was Sardak Arborek Muat Winu Mine was Muat, Winu, Sardak, Excha. Pretty similar. And it's funny because I think they're gonna conjoin a little bit when we get to this new C tier. hmm Bottom of my C tier is XCH. Oh, perfect. They're for the same for the same all, <laughs> all the same logic. I just I just put them a little bit above Sardak, and if anything, I almost I almost put Sardak above XCH, to be honest. But Yeah. I I couldn't bring myself to do it.
1: Yeah. Um so my C tier, bottom of my C tier uh which I think I'm wrong with this but this is just my personal attitudes uh is ghost of creus um I think I I do feel like they're probably better than I'm giving them credit for mm-hmm. but my personal experience has been that I ghosts for me over the year was the most variants I've I've seen in one faction yeah. as far as their ability um I have seen ghost games so many ghost games where the ghost player went right into the toilet i have seen ghost games where they ran away with it and i've seen ghost games where they held out and managed to pull it off i just feel like i've seen every single type of ghost yeah. game so many times um and also it's a very popular faction so like right. it gets picked a lot people really especially like ghosts especially
0: by new players and that's the that's like the major problem right. with ghosts is like they get played they get picked by players that aren't prepared to do well with them
1: i finally played them for the first time and loved it like yeah. really really loved it and and it was enough to where i almost wanted to push them up a lot further than this but i went with my my gut and my kind of how my my feelings have been i feel like g- ghosts are going to go up for me personally a lot in 2019
0: but this is where yeah. i have them right now my my number 12 in c tier Since we already talked about X-tier, my number 12 is ghosts right. and this one is especially influenced by what i was saying earlier which is the ghosts need to get the, the meta on their side. It's the only way they'll succeed. Um, they can do that, and they have some okay tools to, to do that, but it is required as a good ghost player to be able to somehow get the meta to work for you. Yeah. You do not inherently have the meta working for no. you, and that's their problem.
1: And I just feel like there's too many factions that... Um so, like, Ghost is always about, like, you know, striking in, uh, taking a, a nifty control objective, which in the stream I was able to do. But if you look at, at how my game goes, uh, which it does go very well, it's it's a pretty typical game went well for me type of thing. On on one side, my neighbor was Arborek, and that is the player that I was able to take things from. And it's not really a surprise. When you say it that way, it's like, well... Yeah, it's Arborek they have a slow start so yeah I got to take stuff I've, from them I've
0: seen that exact situation more than any other specific situation of ghosts messing up an Arborek right that's just like almost if your neighbor with an Arborek as ghost it's almost what you're just required to do right and the tools that you have against the tools that they have
1: I just feel like overall ghosts are a little bit flimsy being that I think if someone had really turned on me uh, earlier on in that game I think my game would have gone too poo-poo yeah. really bad um because I, I don't... I, people really love Dimensional Slicer. Is it Spicer or sli- Splicer? Um, Actually, I, I forget because you've
0: said it wrong so many times in my ears. Yeah. I, I forget which one. Whichever goes, it is, the Dimensional
1: <laughs> one where you get a free hit to assign uh in a wormhole. I think people get a little more excited about that than it is great. I don't know. I don't think it's that. I
0: yeah. don't think it's really, it really splicer. good. It's splicer. Um And yeah, I, I think it's great, but it is... Um, I mean... It's, it has to be in a wormhole, so it's it's got its place. You know? Right. It's it, it's not an all the time ability. So. I, I
1: I yeah. Um but I I don't know, and I, I've i really liked the shenanigans I've seen with the promissory note, but like that was another thing. In the game that we played, I gave out the promissory note and planned to do a lot of shenanigans and then guess what? Just didn't need to. Yeah. J- it just never right. I was like, whenever Yeah,
0: I held your promissory note for most of the game and then I gave it to somebody else mm-hmm. at some point and it's just it never got Called
1: for. I, I was going, I was like, the smart play is to try and save this for when it makes sense. Because I thought if I used it too early, everyone would, I would be telegraphing where I wanted to go and it would be more of a threat. And I, the way the game was playing out for me, I was like, this is not a threat in the table game. This is no. a and, and I win mean, in the shadows. You know,
0: the, the resident on our discord, DS Jensen, who is our resident ghost expert, that's his major argument. See, I think he always makes is like the last thing ghosts need to try to do is to make themselves look like an enemy because they're be a friend of the table. Use your four commodities like be everybody's buddy.
1: I mean, there are a lot of faction like versus things I can do in my head where I feel like what is the ghost going to do against yeah. that faction? Like, I just feel like there's a lot of factions. Actually, they're kind of flimsy. I just feel like yeah. they're a little flimsy. Yeah. That's why they're there. Um. So I think you already revealed your next one. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and reveal my next one, which would be 12, 12? 12. My 12 is Arborek, um, which is funny because I just now got done talking up. about... Yeah, now we're caught up. Uh, I just got done talking about how, as a ghost player, I was able to take advantage of Arborek. I feel like Arborek, um, it's almost... It's kind of... Even though we've had a lot of similar stuff, the the philosophy we're using, I think, is a little bit different. Yeah, I I, um, I,
0: I really disagree with putting Arborek above
1: previous. Right. Go on. But um, I feel like with Arborek... There is more potential to, um, if you can solve your problems, your potential for a lead is much more solid. Arborek is the, um, if I figure out how to get this going, it's, I'm going to have some really scary abilities. I mean, I'm thinking about the 16 infantry on Mechatol Rex, which is the magic number in my opinion. Um, it, and essentially when you're facing that, uh, I don't know. It can just feel like, oh, I don't know what to do now against Arborek. I mean, x89, but that's not a real option. But
0: my argument, and not to, like, we're not really doing this to argue with each other's picks, but the only thing I would push back on is for Arborek to actually get those 16 there can be quite difficult because it's very easy to see them going for it. That's what happened in our game was we saw Arborek, you know, waltzing towards Mechatol, and everybody's like, well, we all have to get there first. Right. And uh, it's just really easy to block them early because their early game is bad you can usually put a stop to all their hopes and ambitions.
1: I think they are they are finicky. And I think um I think I think we just need I think with Arborek and with uh Extra and with Sardak, there just needs to be some rewriting uh to the general way that people approach it. Yeah. Because I think there's more potential there than than people like think about there was a game that we saw. We're not, yeah, yeah Actually, we we decided we're not going to be able to to show this game to you. But the game we saw where Jimbov uh, was playing Arborek and just opened perfectly, like got was just so scary. And literally, the only thing he, the only mistake he made was not he had a very clear opportunity to double down on Mechatol Rex, and he ugly? got a little greedy. Yeah. But had he not done that, I mean, like it was one of one of the craziest games I've ever watched as far as like this person is clearly in the lead and I do not know how right. this is going to be undone. Right. And it's a little telling that even in my example, Arborek does not win. Right. But I guess what I'm saying is I see a lot of really scary potential in their ability and its potential that I feel like hasn't just been like completely figured out yet. Yeah. Um. But I and I'm I think I think. I am playing a little more personal than you are with this. I Of all the factions we've talked about, Arborek is my favorite thus right, far. Right, so that's why they're there. I think that's about the highest I could give them reasonably, Yeah,
0: basically. Well, and I'll say this much too. Something that I think defines this kind of C-tier thing is, so far all the factions um, that we're discussing are ones that, like you say, if they if, if the right thing goes right, they can run away. I mean, they can do sure. very, very, do very well. well. You, you rarely see a Muwat or a Sardak do very, very well. Right. Uh, like like even in the game we had with the Great Yin Brotherhood where the Sardak won. The Sardak won and they, they, it was a good victory, but it's not like Sardak ran away with it. You know? Right. They weren't, they weren't right. four points ahead of everybody else. But in the right game, Krius or uh, Arborek or whatever, they can, they can run away with it yeah. if given the right circumstances.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. All right. Do we want to talk? What's your next
0: one? My next one. Your 11. My 11. My number two in the C tier is the Mentak Coalition.
1: Wow. Yeah. That is a surprise to me.
0: Really? Because I like the Mentak? Because you like the Mentak. I like Mentak, but I accept their faults. Okay. Which is, again, going with my theme, the meta's against you Mm -hmm. from the Mm -hmm. get-go. Your ability alone means people just hate you and don't want to work with you. Yeah. That makes it hard to win games. Now- I put them above some of these other factions because I think Ambush is just a killer ability. That yeah. Can, I mean, it's so good to get two shots of six before combat. Or it's insane. Combat. Like it's, it's literally enough to make cruisers viable, which is kind of yeah. wild. Their cruisers are, are just so good. And, and I think you do more with that to offset. So there, there's some people in the, in the community, I know Blarknob is one of them, who just thinks Mentak is absolute trash. Yeah. Because of how bad they do in their meta. Their meta doesn't let up on a Mentak. Right. And my argument is just that, well, the men tag have to accept that the meta is going to work against them and use Ambush and be dirty. Right. But being dirty is hard and not always easy to win games. So they, right. have to, they do have to be lower tier because it's very hard to win with them.
1: That's funny. That's really funny. Okay. Well, uh, so mine, my number was number 12. This is number 11. Number 11. My number 11 is Barony of Letnev, which Ooh. is pretty low, pretty low for Barony. Wow. Yeah. They're both coming
0: out weird in the C tier. Uh huh.
1: Weird in the C tier. Uh, Barony, I feel, uh, has some very solid, very solid abilities. That home system is ridiculous. Uh, but I just don't feel like, I don't feel like they have the right type of abilities. I think their abilities are too specialized in that they get these like really awesome fleets that are super good. Um, and I've been seeing more often than not now people getting all of the right tech with Barony and it just not amounting to enough in the end. Right. It just comes down to that classic like if you can't win space battles, then or if you can't if you all you can do is win space battles, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have the game. Right. Um, and too often uh, I see baronies run into capacity problems, not building enough ground forces. Um, and also, like, their ground forces aren't great. Like, they, they get a lot of bombardment, but they don't have, like, besides their flagship, they don't have a good workaround for things like PDS. Right. Um, in fact, their flagship is basically the only workaround. Um, and, like, that's basically it. Yeah. Um, and it's a good flagship. But I, I don't know. I, I also feel like it might be a little personal. I feel like they're... I hate factions that have like tech paths that annoy me. And while Barony of Letnev is like especially good at like science, like I think if you were to play scientists of Letnev every time, as we described in the first round strategy guide, I would maybe be more stoked on them, but I don't see people play that style a lot. Um, And when they don't, I feel like it just doesn't go that well.
0: Weird tech path, blue and a red. It's weird. I think we're in the part of the pack where it's, it's just really hard to make calls like these middle factions. It's just really hard to to say exactly how they're going to, do because it just varies so wildly
1: right? I would say, I'll would i say this I think Barony is the exact spot where the only reason that they're in the spot that they're in is not because I think they're bad in any way but because I just think that every single faction above them right, is better right
0: I think that's that, I, that's kind of better way to word what I was trying to get at is like we're at the situation where it's just like when you put them up against other things they look a little bit worse
1: yeah yeah I I just I feel like too, too often than not I see their abilities um just not amount to a just lot. Fall flat. It's just yeah. good, but not necessarily winning the game.
0: Well, it's the, it's the Sardak plus one to combat problem. It's the like well, the combat isn't what wins you the game. You got to right. do other stuff, and and yeah, Barony doesn't always pull that out of the bag. Right. What's what what rounds out your C tier? What's your number one in C tier? Oh, you don't want to reveal your next one? mentek was my number two. Oh right right. So, right. We're, we're so my line. my
1: number one in the C tier is Necrovirus, uh, which is probably also very personal. Um, but that's where I put them. Uh, and it's because they're, they swing around the most, um, their flagship. I think obviously I've talked so many times about how much I think the flagship is really, really, really amazing. Yeah. Um, and I love the flagship. There's no telling what's really good. I almost put them in the middle as the B tier. Yeah. Faction. I think
0: Yeah. I, I was close to as well, but we'll, we'll get there.
1: Um, but yeah, I, uh, Here's something I've noticed a lot that I do uh, that I've done several times now uh, is I like using a racial faction tech in a way that even that faction doesn't use it. Uh Like chaos mapping is the one I think of a lot. Um, I really like having chaos mapping as Necro because it just allows you to build a little bit at a time and keep your fleets really fresh and stocked, but you can't even do the other part of it. You can't even do If you don't have floating factories, you you can't hide in... um, you can't hide it in, in like an asteroid field, asteroid do effective, right? Right. right. Um, so in that way, it's kind of it's kind of whatever. But having little combinations like that, I feel like necro has the most uncertainty to how well um, they might perform based on all of that. Like I've seen yeah. necros get shut out. Plenty of times, but not a crazy amount, because they still have the certainty of how good that flagship is, right? Which is to say, very and command good counter economy. Yeah, and their command counter economy is very easy to maintain. Yeah, I could not
0: justify putting them in the A tier. That's why they're in the C tier. Yeah. So mine, and you're gonna hate this. My number one in the C tier is the Emirates of Hakan. Wow. Yeah. That's... I. Uh, and so to to make sure I'm staying on on theme here, it's because. I have come around to the idea more so that in TI4, the Hakan have to work the meta more than the meta has to work for them. I agree. Like, that, the, the, the meta doesn't just, like, adjust to Hakan and everyone needs to change things up. We tried that. We used to play for that. And that's how I used to feel about Hakan is they change the meta and you got to play against them. But that doesn't happen anymore. I just never see that happen. Like, the, tra- the they get the deals they get and everything happens pretty normal. And even more so... They have difficulty getting anything for their money. Like it's just hard to actually make all yeah. this stuff work in a way that makes sense. So they spend too much time trying to get the table to just kind of cooperate with them and be like, "No, no, no, come on, please let me be your trade master." Right. Compared and and maybe I'm comparing too much to Ti3 because in Ti3 it was just like they're great. They're the trade czars. They're right. They are the trade gods. But it's not guaranteed anymore. It's and not they have to continue and to and work it's so much. Not guaranteed that like they have to push so hard to make it work for them that it it makes it a difficult faction to play that's interesting
1: i feel like they yeah i i agree with your sentiment but i think you're being very
0: bold about the amount uh, i think so like i downgraded hakan further than i can't think of the last time we saw hakan do very well i agree with that it's been a long time since i've seen hakan do really well
1: i think yeah i think there's a chance that in 2018 hakan had a really rough Time in yeah. general, because they started as I mean I think for a lot of people us included like a number two or number yeah. three faction period yeah I was
0: I was the first half of this year I was prepared to just like always dunk on them as soon as they were in a game it's just like no no one let Hakon get away with anything and it swung so hard that Hakon turned into a not great faction to me,
1: yeah that's funny that's I mean, I think that's probably the biggest well, it's not the no, it might not be the biggest disparity, because like, I'm looking at where Hakan is on mine, and it's not it's not far. It's not far, but it, there is a difference. There's yeah. a difference in our way of thinking. I think, well, I'll get to it whenever we get to my...
0: Let's get uh, to everyone's favorite tier. Right. The, the B tier.: The complete middle of: Who the, is the middle of the pack?: See,
1: this is interesting because this is where I put Mentak. I put Mentak right here in the middle. This is where I put Barony. Wow. Oh, and I get the logic of it. Um, But so the reason I put Mentech here is uh, I think having... So I agree with a lot of the points you made whenever you put Mentech where you put it. Yeah. um, Except for the fact that I just... It's that faction tech that I cannot get past. Mirror computing is so, so good that I think it single-handedly makes the faction viable basically. It just is the yeah. thing. that, And Ambush is great, too. Like, Don't get me wrong. It's not that I disagree with your point no, no, on Ambush. I stand by what I said, which was that Ambush is the thing that makes cruisers viable. Right. But Mirror Computing is such a force to be reckoned with. I have seen so many Mentech players basically get Mirror Computing about in the mid-game and just slowly accrue.
0: Right. Well, Mirror Computing is the argument against Pillage being bad, right? So the argument... Against pillage is like, well, people will trade less. You won't actually get as many trade goods as you want. It'll you'll definitely never trade yourself, or it'll be very hard to trade yourself, uh, and it's just hard to use. So you don't end up getting that many trade goods. But when those trade goods are worth double, right? Who and cares? Like three trade goods around is still six trade goods. Like it, it just doesn't matter. You're also, gonna, there are so many
1: situations where you get to pillage no matter what. Right. Because think about any time players are automatically awarded. Trade goods for some reason. Right. There are agendas that do that. Right. There's there's a lot of situations where Mentech can stand to make a lot of money. And having so, I actually in some ways feel like I'm getting to a point where, and obviously it hasn't happened yet, where Mentech is kind of overtaking Hakon in my book.
0: Which is yeah. that I like. I almost did that on mine. I had a moment where they were swapped, and then I decided I couldn't let that happen. Yeah, but I it's close.
1: But so the thing about Mentech is that Mentech does start to feel like something everybody is having to play around and think about. Because of mirror computing. Now, if Mentech does not have mirror computing or they don't research it, Agreed. then I don't even. Then it's whatever. Yeah, I don't care. But if they have Mintac, and and that's and that's also a point against a faction having a a faction tech that they must research in order to be good. That's not great. That's right. not something to be celebrated uh, because it makes their tech path a little bit tricky. Limiting, yeah. But they have ambush cruisers are more viable. And therefore, I think in a lot of, uh, there are a lot of games where I just feel like I've seen Mentech do really well. I I get why people say that they're not that great. I think the reason I put them here is I actually think they're the most controversial faction that like people feel all over the place about. And I I think it's something I've seen more in other people than I've even seen it myself. Because when I've played Mentec, it's actually most of the time been a disaster because I mess it up. right.
0: Um, so to, to talk about my Barony in the middle, I mean, I just think Barony is like the quintessential vanilla-ish TI race. It's, it's TI where you can succeed really well, but you can also fall into all the pitfalls of TI. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing to sway you either way. Yeah. And, and so to go with my meta argument, there is nothing in Barony's wheelhouse that makes everyone at the table have to play different to do something about it. For because sure, because at the end of the day, with Barony's abilities, if they all get online, there's nothing you can do. Right? There's no, there's no stopping how intense their like capital ships can get. But just by virtue of the fact that they got all of that tech, they
1: might not be like. It's almost an indication that if right. you got NES and Uranium, that. You maybe didn't do your tech game right, and if tech objectives came out, you may have messed up. Right.
0: Or 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 do you just spent too much money trying to rush on the tech there's like a lot of reasons it can it can bite you, and so for the same that's like the same thing of like you don't need to do anything different and people don't need to do anything different against you. You just need to play TI. Right. And and that maybe that's why we don't see them win that often, is because we're not seeing players just like stick to what works and try to score the objectives. But I think if a Barony player does that and doesn't get distracted too much, That that's like a good recipe for success, but not enough so to where it's like everybody has to deal with that. It's just like they just need to play the game and they will do relatively well.
1: I really like your logic, um, and I think Barony is something that we have thought a lot. Obviously, Barony is the episode where we went ham yeah. on writing it because it was like basically quadruple the size of right. any other first round strategy guide. And yeah, I think I, I I like I like the logic that you're using. I think I went with, in, in my eyes, Mentak is like the punk rock of Twilight Imperium where it's like people don't, right. it's just wild and everybody feels differently about it. Barony is like country music, like, or no. No, well, it depends on where you're sitting. <laughs> but Barony is just, uh, yeah, the probably... Probably the better middle of the road pick. But I am, you know,
0: I'm the spicy one. Let's hear that Let's hear that A tier. We're getting into good stuff. Um, this is where my tier list starts to turn into, like, we have to deal with this faction. And actually, I'm really... It's funny because if you had asked me in March of 2018, I would have said Hakan is my last pick in A tier because the, the meta needs to deal with them. Right. And you put Necro as your top of C tier. I put Necro as my bottom of A tier. Right. Because I think... I think they have enough things going well for them. I don't think that the tech, the way they have to get tech is any sort of inhibitor. I don't think that's a problem. And, um, I think that the command counter game and all the things that they can do and their flagship make it to where it's like, you have to deal with Necro. Right. If you, not a lot, not, you know, there are seven factions that you have to deal with more More than than Necro. More than Necro. But Necro is a faction where when they're in the game, everyone goes, well, we got to reconsider how we feel about the dynamics of the see meta. that is
1: exactly how i feel about the faction that i picked for that slot which is yin Ooh, uh, the, interesting the eight spot the bottom of a tier i put yin uh because i feel like they are a faction that you do have to deal with now uh but i do not feel like they are insurmountable right. i think that their advantage is a little bit rickety yes
2: um
1: one of, i think they're i think they're a good faction that's not that's not super difficult to play against 1v1 right. because if you start looking there's a lot of things that are telegraphed like their indoctrination ability ability which is the cornerstone of their entire strategy yep. uh well let's count planets like let's see how much influence they've right. got um i'll oftentimes too like I, I, well, it can kind of go different ways because if Yin gets a good stock of trade goods, I consider that very, very bad. Like, I hate yeah. when Yin has any trade goods whatsoever. I prefer people not to trade with Yin. That's pretty Yen easy at all. to stop.
0: I rarely am able, I, I, in, in defense of your placement for them, Yin has very few meta advantages. Right. Like, they, like, they don't have any tools that let them get the better of the meta.
1: Right. It's like, I kind of consider them to be a similar faction to, like, um, Arbreck or the logic we use for extra, right. which is that they have this one thing that they do really good and it doesn't always work. Right. Um however, Yin's thing that their their hammer works the
0: best out of all of those. Yeah. yeah.
1: Out of all if you were gonna pick a faction that's good at one thing, I would be like, Oh, well then I'd wanna be good at invasion combat. Right. Um and so they do have this one hammer that makes everything look like a nail. It
0: makes them the most defensive faction in the parts that matter. Right. Yes, extra has all these defensive tools for shooting PDS and stuff, but you just don't take yin planets hardly ever. Right. And that's where it counts.
1: Right. But I do feel like every other faction I'm looking at, their ability, all, the, all the factions above yin, um, their ability is not so easily drained out of them. Yeah. Whereas like yin, there is a it's a very finite resource they're using that to influence. If they're using it a bunch. It's going to go away, yeah. basically.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, what's your number seven? My number seven
1: is the L1Z1X. Yay,
0: we matched up. Yeah, we did it. the first, first one that's the same. This is the very yeah, first, this is one, the very that, first wow, one that is a, the exact same. It's a ten They've
1: been, been all matched. really kind of in Close, the same but range. but not the exact same. So, got, yeah, L1's just seven. got seven written all yeah, over they it. they sure do. Um, I felt like where I put my Barony like at one point i was like i'll just put l1 and Barony like right next to each other but i just i'm such an l1 guy versus a Barony guy and yeah. it just comes because down l1 to
0: Because l1 is better yeah l1 is better it comes down to it it's, l1 is better hero is better assimilate is better uh, their when, dreadnought is better yeah
1: their that's the that is the the number one key. thing is that their dreadnought is better uh, with the two capacity and it's just better in the important way which is like carrying more uh, ground forces yeah, yeah yeah
0: whether it's ground forces or an extra fighter for the extra defense like r- right. regardless it's it is better
1: they have the the achilles heel figured out uh of the big fleet factions which yeah. is i didn't bring enough oh no i didn't bring enough stuff i can't even do the invasion right. combat um and the fact that i don't know it's weird it's i think barony and l1 kind of have some weird issues which is like barony has like the i can get past planetary defense with this one ship but i would rather just be able to hit over and over you know like i would rather just have every dreadnought be better at bombardment so i can just get stuff all over yeah right Um, it's like barony's better at the targeted strike the one place you need to bust yeah but rarely that's not going to win you the game most of it is just about if there's a control objective out oh, I can get over here and get this. Because you can't put PDS on every planet. That's no. not a thing. Right. So, like, you
0: know. Um, for me, so, trying to stick with my logic. Necro, like, you have to deal with them, but they're also really volatile, so they can be stopped. Lizzyx is more like, there's nothing that's making the meta just work for them way, way better. They just are a super solid faction that you can't count them out ever. Right. You always have to consider L1Z1X. Um, but I, I would say they're they're the one that, I have the least of that argument for, of like, ooh, everyone's got to deal with Lysix. It's more like so often you are too busy thinking about every other faction. There's a soul in the game. There's just something else in the- mm-hmm. whatever these other factions in the game. So you deal with them and then Lysix wins, right? Because Lysix is the next next most powerful faction.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: yeah. And I just, God, I love playing them. They're so much fun. Um, and. It's weird. Like I feel like we've done so much waffling on L one because yeah. it, before the game came out, we thought they were just like the best, the best. Right. Um, I do feel like this is where they belong, right here, just yeah. kind of in the lower rung of 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 a, good, of good. Um, because they're they're assimilate when it happens. When it does happen, it is so devastating. Yeah. It is like really
0: can losing your home system to Elizix is about the worst thing that can happen yeah. to you in yeah. any game.
1: Yeah um and having that ability in their pocket is just really it's really odd it's it's it, i mean basically pds is the thing that l1 hates the most but if they do win they you get past it the then the it's place. really crazy yeah. and with inheritance systems being like their kind of catch all like I've seen so many times where L1 succeeded in stealing like 2 PDS and then the next round got space cannon and then all of a sudden they're like a dreadnought faction with really good PDS. Yeah. Like it I I have seen L1 kind of like double its abilities mid game so many times now. Yeah. Um and then there's always the late game L1 war sun play which right. is always there always as a potential. Right. Yeah.
0: My number 6 or my number 2 in the A tier and I think this is my most Wrong pick, and is the is my my most personal one is yin yeah, yin is my six because I do agree that like you have to think about them from a meta perspective of like when they take a planet, you got to be prepared for that to be a problem, <clears throat> but they're flimsy, you can do things against them, you can stop a yin, plenty of games of yin fall apart, um but when they have the right tools, you have to you have to worry about them, and especially. If they get that stranglehold on Mechatol Rex, you're in trouble. Like, yeah. You're in a lot of trouble if they if they get a good stranglehold on Mechatol Rex.
1: Yeah. Um, my my number six is, and I don't think this is personal, I do think this is where this faction belongs, is Hakan. Yeah. My number six is Hakan. And I feel like what's happening is that we have seen too many people squander the ability of Hakan, uh-huh. and that experienced players have already played a lot of it and they're kind of they kind of get passed up for other more exciting or sexy factions. But I do feel like they are still a very competitive faction because they kind of have a unique ability of being able to turn their game around really quickly with all of those trade goods There yeah. I can't tell you how many times with Hakan I ran into an issue that I was able to solve with all of my trade goods. It just feels like they do. So like if, let's say it's a command counter issue, all of a sudden, like I just can't think of a faction that I more often just use those six trade goods plus trade to equal the objective. And sometimes that can even be a two-pointer. So that potential is really hard. I think it's also just like kind of hard to account for that. Um, With them also being like very well positioned for Dreadnought 2. They kind of just always have basically average combat abilities. Just kind of in the running but not great. Um, And then it's so easy for them to catch up from a deficit. But I do feel like they run into more deficits than before. I yeah. do think they deserved to be downgraded from where they were in everyone's Artists. collective hearts. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like where you put them is too low. Sure. And maybe mine is too high. Maybe
0: they're maybe they're somewhere in the middle. They're the know. most middle faction. Yeah. I'll say this much. In defense, too, of, of trying to put them higher, I think another thing that's happened with us specifically and, and the groups we play with, we've done a lot more drafting or streams where... Um, people pick the factions for us. Uh, we just see Haka- Hakan less. Right. Hakan doesn't get included in drafts because, as a general rule, a group of people are like, oh, God, we do not want to have to deal with a Hakan. And then for streams, people have seen Hakan plenty because they're a popular faction. So we right. never get given Hakan for streams. So I think, I don't even think I've seen the Hakan in a while. Yeah. I mean, it was probably a TTS game where you were Yeah, probably
1: time. since we were writing the episode Guiders. for okay. them yeah
0: but regardless it's like you just don't see it very often and so uh, I think that's the other reason I'm just thinking of them worse also than they really are
1: I think they are a faction that I think we need more time with them basically because yeah. their their advantage became so wobbly and different I remember when we were doing the episode for them, and we there were so many people that sent in like, "This is how we do it. It's great." Like, yeah. well, I'll like write out a thing, and everyone right. signs a contract in blood, right. and like, <laughs> just different. Like, people just have a lot of different ways of thinking about them for a faction that is like, you know, like people don't. When we talk about Jolnar, people don't send in like, "Well, here's my crazy." No, right. we know, There's we know what it is. Jolnar. yeah. There's
0: the way, of, yeah. Hakan, Hakan has so many outs that it could be done very creatively.
1: Yeah, I think uh, for Hakan. I think we're both wrong. I think I think they're somewhere they somewhere in between where we both put them. I think I have a little bit of a soft spot for them. I think you never really cared for them, so like you're fine just like putting them really sure. low. And also, you just wanted to have you gotta have the dramatic moment of the thing, uh, you know. Uh, and we've kind of passed that potential now. I want to hear your number five. Uh, final eight tier is Clan of Song. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought they were going to make it all the way up there to no, that final No, not tier for me point. because
0: I I still think that they have their weaknesses. I think I do think Asar has to be dealt with and the scariest thing about Asar is they have to be dealt with right away. Yeah. Because those first two rounds of Asar are where they do the most damage and get a lot of leg room. Yeah. Um, especially like since we wrote the guide too. When we wrote the guide it was like, oh, they the, they just get to go for objectives and then flail and then die. Mhm. But that seems to be less true these days, where like actually a, a sar can survive pretty well for most sure. of the game if they do the right setup and if you are smart about it. But even so, that makes them a faction that everybody has to deal with. But all that being considered, they're still the one that get eliminated the most, or like everyone just successfully decides to crush. You know, when 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 the whole group decides to band against sar for one round, sar does not come back from that.
1: I think. I sort of disagree because I think that S.A.R. requires... Uh, as for all the really, really good factions, I think S.A.R. requires the, the best, the deft hand. You really need to know what you're doing playing a S.A.R. game versus some of these other factions we're about to talk about. And I feel like there are there are some pitfalls, but I feel like when I see someone really that's really good play S.A.R., it's just... It's really frightening to the yeah. point where it's like I... A lot of it comes down to the like ghost bomber trick, the like yeah. space dog. The
0: weird tricks you can pull off a of SAR are what make them ridiculous. And it's like annoying. To play. It is truly annoying to play against. The reason I put them top of A tier and not into S tier is because the four factions in S tier, the way you have to deal with them is so much bigger than just like SAR is going to get huge and they're going to be terrifying.
1: All right, well, let me talk about my top of A tier. Actually, then. I have one, I have yeah, we'll one, th- more, th- one more thing. Sorry. Th- th-
0: th- the last problem with SAR is, yes, you have a huge fleet, but that doesn't mean you have a lot of planets that help you get stuff. You maybe get a bunch of planets really fast, but then you start losing those planets. People right. start coming through and cleaning up the slug trail. And so, you, you know, even a great SAR a lot of times ends up with only like four planets per round. Right, and, and that's, that's not enough that's tough for, for lots of objectives. objectives. There's lots of objectives that that becomes a problem for. So that's like my big argument against them is if if people play against them correctly, it hurts them. My other four factions, even if you play against them correctly, it's still hard. Okay. So that's like the defining factor of what pushes SAR into A tier.
1: I, I think I agree with that. Uh, I just think that their potential to do well is really is high. really, really yeah. high and perhaps higher than s- maybe two of the other factions that we still So what's still have your about what's to the top of, of your A tier? So my number 5 for A tier is Isarom. So
0: I knew I knew it was going to be that cuz I know we have the same top 3 yeah, so,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that not everything has changed. Um, Isaril, I think we lowballed them really early. Yeah, um, sure. And I think they either belong in the spot that I'm talking about or the spot where I think you probably put yep. them. Uh and uh, its I don't even know what to say at this point. They're great. They're great for all the reasons that they were great before. Uh, we got really excited about the idea that they maybe had been nerfed. And I think they did just a tiny bit, though. Just
0: half. Uh, I half. wouldn't call it a tiny bit because they were ridiculous in TI3. Yeah, But they were nerfed into being a great faction. Really great like, faction. It doesn't They didn't. Yeah. It's, and it's it was it
1: was hard for us to know because we didn't know the action card deck super right. well. Now we know it really well. And so we know all of the tricks that they're right. going to be able right. to get up to. Um, I think also the potential of the relationship between Isar'l and Hakan never ceases to be fascinating. Yeah. Um, and who, if if there's an Isar'l that can get the better end of that deal with Hakan, yeah. wow, there's well, almost no limit to what yeah. you're going to do then at that point. Um, they're so, insane.
0: I want to jump ahead ahead because I do want to talk about Isar'l. Isar'l is the bottom of my S tier, mm-hmm. um, fourth place. And I put them ahead of Sar because I think Isar'l... Um their win is a little bit more automatic. Um and I think this is a meta thing. I think this is something that could change because I really want to see people put more pressure on Asaro, because I'm sick of seeing Isaro win or have a game round where we're like, oh crap, we all let Asarul sit and stall for the first four turns, mm-hmm. and now we're gonna watch Asarl win or come very, very close to winning and right. win next round or whatever. Like that happens too often, and I think people need to start putting the kibosh on that and like getting in a way um because it's not like that happened like the reason the crazy a swing happens is because people let it happen right it's not like it's impossible to stop it but it does require knowing all the action cards you could be up against and knowing how to deal with it ahead of time so for me they're in s tier because you have to play against them to get the better of them if you leave an a alone they'll have a ridiculous action card hand and they will win in one round right
2: yeah, they just, I mean, they, I think the problem is they true.
0: don't look threatening most of the game because they can do a six-point swing. Right, they're, it's just so easy for them to accomplish that. They're so really great. They're not threatening until oh, they just won the game. Right. Whoops, you you forgot about Asaro. Right.
1: Yeah, and they they don't their their early game is fine.
0: It's, it's good, but it's not threatening. Right. So you forget that they're a hugely threatening race.
1: Right, and then they just they just have the ten action card hand, and yeah.
0: they've pruned it and you can't sabotage them because they have the tech that they need Right. and you just yeah you run that into all those problems
1: that part is is very is very rough um i do feel like i don't i mean my my four my fourth place is sar right. and i think it's just because of that higher end potential i just mm-hmm. feel like a sar if they're playing right if they're playing good um it doesn't matter because they had such a great early game that even though Isarl is going to be able to, and this, I don't know if a 1v1 matchup is the way to think about this. It's just that having, if I had to pick between having a really great early game and a really great late game, if we're playing 10 points, I might say early game. Like I might say that I would rather have yeah. a really, really good early game. Um, and I think as long as Sar doesn't make those critical mistakes in the, in the middle, um, doubling down on Mechatol, I think that was right. something early on we saw lots of Sars do. And the more often I see them not do it, the more often it's like, well, That was great. They just, they they just, cause you don't need to take the SAR ball to Mechatol. You just need to take it. You just need to steal that point and then continue, uh, messing, messing stuff up. Every time I see a SAR be like, well, you know, instead of just like focusing on Mechatol, I'm going to put pressure on this particular neighbor of mine. Uh, they win. Like I think any SAR that's basically like, well, I want to have the double sized pie slice. You're in trouble. You're out. Um, about half of the factions on this list would not be able to stand up Survive. to that. Yeah. Uh, so I think whereas the Sarl is a more automatically great faction, uh, SAR is a more specifically great faction, yeah. whereas if you're playing them right, I'm not really sure what you do to that. I mean, I don't what factions are going to be able to stand up early game to a SAR ball knocking on the door? There's a point in every single game where I play with SAR where they are the most powerful faction on the table without a doubt. With a fleet that can beat any fleet right. every single time. Right. And I feel like a lot of the times, like I would say about half the time, I feel like the player that has that power does not wield it correctly. Right. So that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. That's the that's the difference I feel like in our approach here is I'm just saying that the potential is a lot scarier to me. Yeah. Um when I think in we, actuality. I 100
0: percent I agree with you, and it just the way I think about how I want to place them based off of that thought is different. Because yeah. I agree completely with what you're saying, but because they have the higher potential, but like the the lower bottom floor is what makes me put them top of A tier, and a being steadier. Steady. But I, I think Sorrow wins more often. I think so. I think that's probably true. So I put them bottomless. Yeah. What's your number three? I think I can't decide if I think that we're going to have all the same same. or if we, if these top three are all going to be be totally jumbled.
1: Uh, My number three is not Lou. That's your number. No. 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 Okay. So let's hear it. Um, So obviously the ability to look out for is the zero. um, And that comes into play so many times late game. Uh, It's so huge. Uh, Huge. It's such a huge ability. Um, I just feel like, Sometimes I've seen uh, people go for the right tech, but it not really translate into a victory. I'm thinking, of course, of, well, actually, what am I thinking of? The fleet one, the gum Neurglaive. up, the Neuroglaive. Uh, I feel like neuroglave is really cool, uh, except for it's just strictly a defensive ability that doesn't necessarily right. win you the game. Um, and also, I feel like fighters are good, but not It's that space the best. combat problem that yeah. you talk about. Yeah,
0: You can win a space combat with a bunch of fighters, sure, then what?
1: Right. So they're almost like I would say they're the S tier version of something like Extra, where it's like, we have a lot of awesome ways to avoid fighting or discourage people from fighting us, which is good. And Nalu does it right. This is yeah. not, they're my third, so right, I right. do not <laughs> think they are bad by any means. Um, But sometimes, it feels like those abilities are cool, but not going to quite make this particular game they're in work yeah. um whereas the other two the two that i put above it it's like i feel like the net for oh this is the right objectives for yeah. them is wider um i just feel like with knowledge is a little bit a little bit narrower the thing that they have that always goes for them is the initiative which is huge like that that is kind of the the swing thing that would yeah. have swung them up to two or even one um but yeah, I think I'm just I'm just going with my gut as far as the amount of games played. Right. What do you think?
0: For me, Nalu um I think having that zero initiative just works more often than it doesn't. Like that's again, if you're playing an even game with somebody else, Nalu wins. Yeah. Every time. Of course. So all Nalu has to do is stay competitive. Right. Um
1: but their combat abilities compared to the other two are they are definitely third in combat. Would you would you not say that? compared to the other two um, in f- just raw fighting?
0: I don't know. I I, I mean, I would put them above Jolnar typically in combat, I in would combat. actually say. Yeah, hmm. I mean, g- generally speaking, I think that they're going to win more combat. Um, I don't know. It's really hard, and, and I think. So my number three is Soul. Right. Um, because, and I think this is where I get very distinctly 2018 about this, which mm-hmm. is... Soul has started to come around because people aren't letting Soul get away with being Soul, right? Um, so we've seen lots of games where the Soul just gets crushed because because no one is willing to let them take Mechatol, no, one is, li- take no mm-hmm. one is willing to let them take Abyssfria, no one is willing to let them take Aaron Like people push the, really the meta. hard. The meta has pushed really hard against Soul, and even though Soul is really good, and that's why they're in the top, is because the meta has to push against them. I think. It's not that hard to do nowadays mm-hmm. um, because as long as you don't let them get early game ground, it's really hard. Like orbital drop only lets them drop things on things they already have. Right. So, so they have to get it. And they have to be able to carry those carriers. So if you can kill their carriers and keep them kind of contained, Soul doesn't actually run away anywhere else. They don't do anything else the whole game.
1: Here's my argument. I have an argument against that, though. See, the problem with with that way of thinking, that would be. To- I think that would be totally right um except for that i feel like people actually don't succeed in pulling that off because they have the best starting tech outside of jolmar their tech path is impeccably great it is um and so the idea has always been from the beginning that you're going to get there before the other person so it doesn't really matter they you you get there your your dudes your dudes move in They gentrify the neighborhood. The neighborhood is yours, like that. That has always, I feel like, been the the sole stance. So I feel like what you're saying, it kind of it kind of works for people sometimes, and I have seen that work. Um, But they still, they still just get there before the other person. That's the problem.
0: I think that's I, in practice, my thoughts are that that has only been half true. Like they can just get there first, but I think so often we just don't see them actually get there before. well, I mean, I think Depends that, that the, comes
1: down to a mistake of the player then.
0: Mistake of the player or sometimes shape of the galaxy. Sometimes it's like the pathway for soul to do stuff just isn't right. So especially in competitive, this is what we saw in the Gen Con tournament, in a competitive build, no everyone, shot. everyone just true. screws soul over because it's so because that's what they need. They need a bridge. They need a planet bridge to get them where they're trying to go. Yeah. And if they don't have that planet bridge, they kind of lose. That's like the, the what I see the most um, like trepidation from a soul player is when like well, I could keep going in this direction, but I'm going to have to park this carrier in empty space first for like a round. And that's a death knell right and there. That's, that's, that's sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks to do. So sometimes people just choose not to do it, and it completely reroutes their entire strategy. Right. They don't go for what would have gotten them there first, and they would have won. So that it's, it's a big, that, that defines a lot of soul games. I is think is that's really, that planet makeup.
1: I think is. that's a really good point. And I think has maybe shaped my opinion on Soul is the fact that we do cooperative build. Yeah, so and we competitive make a competitive build is
0: going to be okay for Soul.
1: Right, because I mean a, a slice that's okay for any faction is going to be okay for Soul too.
0: Every slice in our um, prelim round map is great for Soul. Yeah, every single one of you them. You got a direct line to Mechatol Rex and you have a uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Because
1: not having a direct line to Mechatol Rex is a huge bummer, yeah. and like is never. Uh, is never good for any faction. That's always right. pretty much bad. In a
0: competitive build, you should put two things in between Soul and X, and now Soul's game is gone.
1: Right. But that's still, I mean, what you're saying is that you have to completely orient no, I I agree, your... which
0: is why they're n- number three. I mean, right. they're, they're in the top, because you do well, have to play against them. And they're my number two. So. Nalu is my number two. So we have the same number one. Right. We'll get there. But Nalu as number two for me is just more about the fact that when it comes down to actually winning the game, you need to play against Nalu, and most of the time it's too late. Right? It's like, oh, crap, they have the zero. They're going to pick Imperial and just win. That's true. That's like the biggest power to me that Nalu has. It's not that they score first. It's that they can take Imperial and then use it immediately and, and win before anyone can touch anything that they have. You know... You realize that Nalu's going to win, and they win. I agree.
1: Done. I agree. Yeah, I'm, What I'm realizing, my entire point of view hinges on of this two three is that nalu starts green yellow soul starts green blue that's i think all, that's I think green yellow
0: is great though starting with sarween and roll the debate is over we don't need to argue about which one is better nalu's got both. both
1: tech path wise it is not preferable to starting green blue though
0: it's not great because you need to get the blue out of the way to get your fighter two but then you just keep going down green yeah I don't know. I don't think it's so far out of the way that it's that bad. But I, you're I guess, right. There's right. just tighter. Souls is obviously that's, tighter. That's
1: what I'm saying, though, is that I'm saying it's a really close race. Obviously, super close, right. and that for me, it all just hinges on green yellow versus green gotcha. blue, and that it is that close. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: that's that. what you have to make the call on is that for me, I have to make the call on what wins the game in the last round. Always going to be initiative. Always, always going to be initiative. Yeah,
1: I think in general. A lot of our logic towards the the second half of this has been I value the early game a little more than you, and yep. you value the late game more than I, I do. I
0: value the races that can pull off a little weird swingy bit. Yeah. Something crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think I... I don't play steady. Yeah. You play steadier. So right. So you prefer the steady I prefer a races.
1: steady start, a start where you're going to do... You're probably always going to have a great start. Yeah. And I feel like I... Because a lot of times that's how I win games is by having a steady start and carrying through. I don't do swing. I don't right, swing. Right. I start steady, go hit that mid game and stay and sustain and then win. Yeah. I wish I actually want to play soul again. This is this hey, argument. I mean, you played, has made you me, played,
0: you played ghosts as a swing. I mean, you had a huge swing round in that game. That's true. But that, you were forced to because you were ghosts. Right. So.
1: Yeah. It's not that I can't play outside no, no, of no, my no, own but style, but that's my
0: preference. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about why Jolnar is, the hundred percent best. best, still faction. the best, still the best, <laughs> and there's a lot of reasons for it that have become even more apparent, it's kind honestly. of honestly, because there was a period in time where we were trying to harp on Soul's the new best, right? And I've come back around, yeah. So let's walk through all of the reasons why Jolnar is the best.
1: What's the? I don't know. What's like the keyword? What's like the number one word with the bullet?
0: Research Maybe... agreement.
1: Yeah, well, I want to be even even more. I want to paint with a wider brush. Oh, it's been paint, so paint long. For me, paint for me. Uh, versatility yeah. has always been yep. the key word. They can um, just do whatever. That's been the key word want. for what makes a good TI faction in general. Forever. And Jolnar it just won't go away. It's almost boring how
0: good they are. Yeah, that's well, That's what I want to say. Here's what's sad about it. Um, I I genuinely feel in my loins, uh, that Jolnar is my favorite faction. Right. Because I get to, I'm I not limit especially in TI4. Because TI4, the tech path problem, and and that's how I see it. I think it's annoying that, like, we need to get specific tax, tech so that we can get the tech of our faction. Right. That drives me crazy. Right. And with Jolnar, you don't have to consider it. You just yep. get whatever you want. So every game of Jolnar, I can play a completely different game. Last time I played Jolnar, I went straight in the blue. I did not get any of the, like, E-Res, Siphons, or PDS, any of that stuff. Until like round four or five, mm-hmm. I went all speed. I got dreadnought two right away. And I like was very mobile. I was an incredibly mobile Jolnar and it was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Next game I play, I'm going to do something completely different. I want to go right. war Suns first with that. Like I, you can do everything with Jolnar and that's what makes them the most fun faction to play. And they do right. it well. So right. like, yeah. Okay. It sucks that like, that's like, it's cheap or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's because it's, it is the most fun. Like, you get to do whatever you want, and that's fun to me.
1: I almost wish they were even, like, <laughs> it's funny because
0: they are they have the biggest detriment, which is the negative one. Yeah. Uh, and you know what's great about that, too? For me as a player, that's what screws me. Like, in in last year's Holiday Spectacular, that's what completely screwed me over was right. really bad ground combat. It does finally so, work Jolnar out. So, Jolar feels like the perfect faction for me because it's like, I get to do whatever I want, but I have one really dire achilles heel yeah it, it is gonna just ruin me if i don't it's rough fix that it's
1: very rough um yeah i, f- I ju- it just never ceases to amaze me there i mean like we haven't even like you even just use an example where you're like i didn't even get E-Res siphons res siphons maybe even more so than mirror computing yeah. is probably the best tech in the game it's probably. just insane like yeah. the because that's the whole thing about Jolmar. And the fact is, that they
0: can get it right away. Like their skip yes! allows them to just have it. They that's basically a, start with that. That's the part
1: that drives me crazy. And I actually, uh, sometimes. E
0: siphons should have required four yellow.
1: Yeah, it should have just been crazy. Like yeah. the, so the whole thing. E siphons is actually, I think maybe even if there was a problem with Jolmar. What Jomar. is E siphons for those that okay, are maybe. So E res at- siphons is every time you activate uh, Jolmar units in general. Units. Not even like, not even more specific than that. Just units, I believe.
0: Right. Um, they get four trade goods. Oh, no, it is ships. Oh, it is? Beans. It's okay, though. Still a lot. When you activate their ships. All right.
1: Well, ships can mean... That can fighters. mean fighters. That can mean everything. Yeah. Um, so every time you activate their ships, they get four trade goods. So the problem with this is that the old adage was, well, Jolnar weak early. Just be mean to them early. Right. Well, now they can get US hyphens right away,
0: which means that... That actually doesn't fix anything. They'll outpace you. Like, you, the only option is to completely kill them right away. Like, eliminate them right away. Which is insane. And, which is not an argument. You can't do that. You just won't, you won't get away with it. You won't, even, you won't even win by doing that. You right. will, like, ugh. It won't be fast enough, because if they see you coming, they'll get your siphons, and then they'll use those trade goods to build lots of dreadnoughts and ground forces on their home planet, and you'll never take them out.
1: Right. Or not even do that. They could just go PDS Jalmar right. and slow you down right. and make it really difficult. And then, yeah, now you're just giving them money that's going to go or into the Or they just lake. get
0: Lightwave Deflector and go through you to your home system. Like right. It's just like 100 options that right. they can do to deal with that. So that's e res Siphons. Let's talk about Research Agreement. Yeah. Not only do they gain four trade goods every time someone attacks them, but they have the best bargaining chip in the game. Yep. Research Agreement is guaranteed to make you money. And it is the hardest, like, the, the argument would be, well, don't use it. Ye- no. I'm gonna use it. Right. Every play it's the same thing as like how trading has worked out with Hakan of like, no, I'm gonna take the six trade goods. Screw you. Right. Uh in this situation, it's like when Jolnar gets hypermetabolism, you're gonna take it. Like you ha if you have their research agreement, you need to take hypermetabolism. Right. Or you need to take War Suns, or you need to take there, all the things that they're gonna get.
1: They're a faction that the so they're the it's like all of the potential ways to take them down they have an answer for that that's why they're the best so perfectly insane so let's be mean to them early well sorry i got Eres siphons okay well then let's just meta against them well i do have the best bargaining chip in the game that you would be crazy stupid not to take so like if a table were to be like no no trading with jolnar and they say well i have my research agreement technically i feel like strategically uh it is it is smart for one of those players to be like i want that and I'm yeah. going to take that. That's better odds for them to win right. in doing that. Right. I feel like 100% of the time, and always. you just
0: brought up trading. They also have four commodities. Yeah. So in, and in, so in plenty of games, they're going to be the only four commodity faction. So mm-hmm. they're still the best faction to trade with. Like, you never, if, if my list is designed based off the idea of the meta has to do something about them, the meta has to do something about Jolnar, and they will fail. Right. They will fail to do so most of the time.
1: Also, like the there's the negative one, uh, and it really sucks with uh, infantry. However, not every like I would say about half of the factions are lean towards infantry, and half of them don't. Which means that if Jolnar like upgrades their infantry, then they're competitive with about half of the factions that are available. So depending on the factions that have been chosen, it might already basically be over as far as that is concerned. Right? Because then, well, now I'm now I'm basically tied with everybody, and if it's like you know like if if you're just not having a lot of uh, infantry-heavy factions, what am I thinking of? Like, what are some good examples of that? Like, S.A.R. isn't yeah. really an infantry faction no. at all. Yeah. Um, that, like, you're just going to run into those issues. It almost feels like Jolnar, more than any other faction, has to be specifically played against.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, you really, really do. And you have the most tools to put up with people trying to play. against. And we them.
1: haven't even brought up the fact that half of the or not half of, but a good percentage of the objectives are tech event uh, objectives yep. that are super easy for and that, and that's event. thinking about the public objectives. But also, don't it's forget secret. the secret, this, yeah. this, the, the secret objective, the secret tech objective of having all four on one color uh, is very easy for Joel yep. And I would say super hard for everybody else. Yeah. Every time I draw that one, I'm like, well. Dude, this sucks. Yeah, I'm not, not going to get sorrel
0: this. sorrel or one of these factions that already goes straight down a color. Getting four in one color is is a death. Oh yeah,
1: it's awful. It's not. It's literally a wasted secret that Jolnar doesn't only just specifically accomplish, but they do it very easily. Yeah, they can do it so fast
0: because because again, as long as tech gets picked, you can always buy two tech, so you'll always make your comeback. You'll always get whatever tech you want. You'll never have wasted tech. Our whole tech skip arc was about the fact that there's nothing nothing wasted right with jolnar you do not need tech skips because you i mean you have an inherent tech skip and you will just never get a wasted tech
1: yeah i mean i would say that jolnar is such a good faction that they have been kind of criminally underrepresented in yeah. the show yeah nobody
0: lets them play in games
1: yeah but i also mean like in our talks sure. there've been so many episodes where we have talked about we've had a strategic nugget to talk about and then we get to the jolnar part and we're just like well it's whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. like we don't we don't even have anything to add. We wash
0: our hands of Jolnar most of yeah, the time. Yeah,
1: because like what are you gonna do? You like it's a faction that essentially has access to every tech in the game, every single game.
0: With a Jolnar, you are playing against circumstance. Mm-hmm. You have to wait for them to make one little flaw and you have to capitalize on that. That's like the only reliable way, and it's not reliable, to mm-hmm. beat a Jolnar. Is like, oh, there's a crack in their armor. Yeah. Time to jump on that right now.
1: It's almost like I don't know, like, that it, people have to play against them, like, in a kind of uh, way that I almost feel like is unethical to play. Yeah, exactly. So I, like, you it know it what I mean? Like, well,
0: and that was the same argument in TI3, where people are just like, well, if you just completely kill them, if you just murder their entire family, then, then you'll be great. It's, like, it's well, like, dude, do we really want to play that? do game? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'm not interested. In, and so most of the time, Jolnar gets off easy the first couple rounds, right. and then it's too late. Right. So, yeah, in every direction, the meta plays in their favor.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I i I'm glad that we both went this because I, I was like going to try and buck tradition a little bit. Because yeah. I, think, I think Jolnar being the best is kind of the it's the classic answer. It's like kind of the but thing it's, everyone's it's,
0: known. It's an answer that deserves giving warning to people who haven't heard it enough. Yeah. Cause we, it, like you just said, we haven't even talked about Jolnar enough in a long time and it's like well, there's they not are a, a huge threat they are a huge threat There's you not... a new player they're a huge threat and you need to worry about should them. we do a whole episode on just playing against Jolnar probably because I think, I think we haven't thought about it enough yeah I that's I think we a good need point. to play games against Jolnar and start coming up with strategies against Jolnar versus Jolnar yeah. that would be a very cool episode I want to okay. do that with Jolnar I want to do that with all of these top five factions yeah. We need, we need what a you fun. need tools against Nalu. You need tools against the You need tools against sar You gotta think about how you're gonna deal with those guys.
1: Wow, you guys just got five episodes right there. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna do versus Jolnar versus Sol versus Nalu versus Saur versus Isaril. Yeah. That's a very super elite. cool. That's really cool. Let's leave
0: on that note because my throat is about to Yeah, yeah, burn you're
1: you're almost out. You're almost, out. You're almost out. Well look, process. hey, look, so that was our twenty eighteen uh we called some shots like goofy idiots and everyone's we've we've really kicked the beehive this time y'all sting us and we're g- <laughs> next time you guys see us we're going to be covered in boils i
0: want to see everybody else's list if you if you if you disagree with us don't just talk about like the one slot you disagree with i want to see your whole list because i think knowing where things fall in line with each other is more important than just knowing I would put Arbrek 15th. It's like, well, okay, but what what did you put below? What did you put above? Yeah. Like I really am interested in seeing a lot of the community's full tier lists and, and some rationale as to why. Because like we said, there's a few, there's a few cases of ours where like I put Necro above the middle part and and I put a con below it. And that felt really distinct to me. Not just to put Hakon in ninth or tenth place but like to specifically put them below the middle bar yeah so i, w- I want to hear everyone's s tier a tier single faction b tier <laughs> that's important you have to do it like we C-tier do tier and d tier four factions a piece except for b tier i i am serious about this he's I serious see them. he's he has I'll a cancel very the podcast if i don't get at least 10 yeah oh
1: wow that's yeah, a big commitment on. 2019 um, all right, well that about does it for us. Uh, next time you hear from us, it will be 2019. Uh, it's going to be a new year. We've got so many cool things planned for you. I'm sorry we didn't get to reveal more of it because so much of it is in the works. We got to make sure it'll actually happen. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but be assured, there are many really cool things coming up. With the first thing coming up next week, we will have played the t- the games will have begun. The tournament Yay! arc. Has begun. Goku. You'll be hearing about <laughs> Goku and how he did. He doesn't do well at the beginning, but then in the end, you know he's got it. Um, and we will probably have a, a sort of fictional Goku, um, or or a player that we have designated as Goku. The Goku. As the I'm gonna Goku. pick a Piccolo. I'm gonna pick a Krillin, somebody who I like and is great and funny, but doesn't it's have a shot to win. It's not no no hope there. In fact, maybe every single winner of the prelims I will assign a Dragon Ball character, too, based on our predictions.
0: We're going to have to do some Dragon Ball research.
1: Yeah. Tournament
0: arc, it begins now. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.